This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Katie Strick, and this is The Leader. How about some more? Oh, no, thank you. Aren't you old enough? No. At Charles Darwin School in Bromley, pupils from Miss Curry's Year 8 drama class are acting out a performance piece about unhealthy relationships. This particular sketch features student Tom playing the role of 18-year-old Paul, asking Katie, playing a girl in his class, if he can meet her 15-year-old cousin Jasmine. What are you doing on Saturday? I'm not really sure. Come out with me. So I'll see you on Saturday. Okay then. I'll pick you up, keep snap maps on and wear something nice. These sessions are run by Kelly and Bilal, two facilitators from domestic abuse charity Tender. Many of them often say, now I feel more confident to talk about this with my friends and talk about with other boys. I think trying to put yourself in somebody else's shoes that might be a victim of abuse, it can enable people to kind of understand it a little bit better. This role-play scenario is just a snapshot of what could soon be a familiar scene in classrooms, thanks to £1 million of new funding from City Hall. Mayor of London Sadiq Khan announced his new anti-sexism toolkit last month for all secondary school pupils across the capital. It's a landmark set of measures that will include interactive workshops from Tender, like the one carried out at Charles Darwin School in Bromley. This spotlight on sex education has partly been driven by shocking levels of an alleged rape culture in UK schools, exposed by the Everyone's Invited movement in March 2021. Around 50,000 testimonials were shared up on a site set up by former schoolgirl and sex abuse survivor Soma Sara in the wake of the Sarah Everard tragedy. The anonymous testimonials sent to the site triggered a groundbreaking Ofsted review in schools and a much-needed conversation around what we're teaching today's generation of young people but also what we're not. Schools have, slowly, been making steps towards this, addressing important discussions in PSHE lessons and assemblies and calling in organisations like Tender to run workshops for students and staff. Tender says take-up for its workshops has skyrocketed from just five schools in 2004 to 150 schools a year now in 2022. When I spoke with the school's head of drama, Gemma Curry, about these sessions, she told me she'd been surprised by how many students as young as 12 are willing to engage with issues such as sexism and misogyny. And according to the school's head teacher, Aston Smith, this generation of school kids appear not just to willingly take part in these conversations, but actually want to engage in the discussions. 
one of the things I'm really proud of our students is how confident and how open they are to openly talk base. But this has taken some time. Um, and that's a credit to the staff in the way in which they work with these children and the environment that's created that they feel that they can talk so openly and, and comfortably with what's going on. And if they do that, that allows us as adults to address this situation for them. Speaking to pupils like 12-year-old Katie, I witnessed this enthusiasm to talk about issues around relationships firsthand. I think it needs to be talked about more. So, like, say you was in a toxic relationship and that a woman didn't know what a healthy relationship was, she would be putting up with that and think it was a normal re- relationship. Yeah. And then one day it would just get too out of hand. Yeah. And what have you learned today um, about healthy relationships? What does a healthy relationship look like? Uh, there's trust. If you don't have trust, you don't have anything in our relationship. Loyalty, support, um, love, all of them things are like the key things in relationships. She told me how it made her feel more empowered to talk about these issues around relationships. I think it would make kids feel more comfortable with talking to adults about it. I think you could explain to people how to like give consent in relationships and how to like, if it was a toxic relationship, I think you could tell them like what was right and what was healthy if they didn't know. But how exactly do these sessions work? And can classroom games and relationship role play really make a difference to a culture so widely ingrained in society as a whole? When these things become sustained and embedded, it means that their mindset will shift. They'll be able to talk more confidently about healthy and unhealthy relationships and hopefully make the right choices. Find out in part two. For now, let's take a short break. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I also spoke with Jasmine, another pupil at the school, who told me the sessions have helped her to learn how to deal with our emotions and communicate in a relationship. It was a lot more like how to kind of maintain a healthy relationship so things get tough, like how to stick it in um, communication from the big things as well. Um, I spoke about that earlier in the workshop and how like that can communication can stop things like anger and stuff because you're not talking about things and people build up with their anger and stuff. Yeah. And since learning about that, have you, now that you're thinking about it more, are you seeing that in your everyday life? Yeah, and also I feel like as a personal thing I'm putting into that account and I'm thinking about things more like, oh, maybe I should word that problem instead of going home and dwelling on it, I should talk to them about it. But it's not just the girls who were impacted by the sessions. Katie's classmate Tom, who's 13, spoke to me about what he learned from the sessions. What do you sort of hope to take away from that? Well, like, try and avoid anger and like um, distress in relationships and make sure the female partner's okay with everything. Mm-hmm. Are you glad that you said seeing your, your, your female classmates and their reactions, are you yeah. glad that the workshops are mixed with that? Yeah, it's like, it's a good opportunity to discuss. Another male pupil, Alex, struck a more solemn tone. He told me how the subjects they discussed in the sessions made him feel scared, something I asked facilitator Bilal all about. 
Is that normal? Do you, do you often get young men and boys saying, "I'm worried. I don't, you know, I, I need guidance in making sure I don't do this." What I've found is that with young boys and men, particularly in this conversation, they feel that element of fear sometimes that, oh, is this something I can talk about? Because one, I want to make sure that people don't see me as a bad person. But two, I do understand the context of patriarchy and sexism. Mm. And they are in a space where they do feel a little bit of fear at the beginning of the conversation. What's amazing to see is they unlock that fear, even asking those questions or talking about some of those things. This is a great environment to begin. Yeah. to do that and then hopefully as many of them often say is now I feel more confident to talk about this with my friends and talk about it with other boys my age which is something that's powerful if you want to shift the whole generation's mindset. His colleague Kelly says the intention certainly isn't to scare students and the use of games and role play is a way of softening the workshops. You must go into so many schools and work with so many different students and that it must be different every workshop you run but is there are there a couple of topics that you find get students to engage most or they sort of I saw a few of them you know hands over their mouth in shock today. Yeah I think some of the statistics can be quite shocking for young people to hear Um, and I think that's why it's important to make sure that we have fun and play games around the the issue. I think at the moment a lot of um, issues are coming up around online patterns of behaviour and things like that so I think that's really important to kind of nip in the bud and how uh, female victims are being attacked online or being represented online Um, especially since the pandemic I think there's quite a surge in that behaviour. Kelly says Alex's response is a clear example of why it's important not to isolate or demonise young men. We address it every time that we run a workshop. I think it's really important not to isolate the young men in the in the room because actually this is about helping them to understand unhealthy behaviours that they might be witnessing as well as behaviours that we're all we could all be, you know, we could all perpetrate at some time or another if we don't understand that they're unhealthy. So it's about talking through what those choices are and kind of understanding mm. what is unhealthy behaviour and what is healthy behaviour. Yeah. So I think that's really important. But another challenge facing the young people of today when it comes to navigating the world of sex and relationships is technology, and more specifically, social media sites like Snapchat and TikTok. So Snapchat, I think, is definitely one that they're using. I think Be Real is a new one, but that's a timed sensitivity one, isn't it? Yes, yes. And TikTok, I assume? TikTok, yeah. I think that, but I think it's less likely that's a place where they communicate with each other. They may see trends or behaviours on there, which I think there's like videos of... um, like victimising women and girls or um, kind of celebrating male behaviour, like male misogynistic behaviour. So sometimes the content from TikTok is what we can use to unpool things. And it appears the workshops are working. Head teacher Aston Smith says he's seen a noticeable increase in reporting of inappropriate behaviour amongst his students as they begin to realise there's no shame in coming forward. The other big difference that i found is within reporting, um, there is no embarrassment, there is no shame to come forward and say this is what I've seen or this is what's happened to me they know that that is the right thing and then that allows us as a school and other organisations to be able to tackle the problem head on. So what does the future hold for schools and sex education more widely? Tender CEO Susie McDonald tells me that the focus going forward is continuity in other words regular sessions for students if we want to see real change. It's about Uh, ongoing conversations so a one-off session isn't going to change the world but talking about it constantly and creating a a safety network for everybody so that everybody feels that they should be and can be part of the solution to this part of a way of preventing these kind of issues from happening in the first place. 
There's more news, interviews and analysis in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.